This is episode four of the life story of Wu Wen Pen. In this episode, his daughter Chitsu will read the chapter entitled Fuse. In this, Wu Wen Pen deals with the three demonetizations brought in by Unai Win during his 26 year reign. Fuse. During Unai Win's 26 reign, Burma suffered three episodes of demonetization. On 17 May 1964, under the Demonetization Act, 50 jet notes and 100 jet notes were stripped off their legal tender overnight. The receiving centers across the country would reimburse for those notes surrendered within one week. Small amounts surrendered would be immediately reimbursed. For amounts between 500 and 4,200 jets, there would be full reimbursement in due course. Any amount larger than 4,200 jets would be subject to further inspection and higher taxation. The Rural and Revolutionary Council stated, The primary target of demonetization is the indigenous and foreign capitalists who have for many years unfairly accumulated the people's money with which now which they now opposed the Burmese way to socialism. Rather than subverting the capitalists, the 1964 demonetization ended up hurting small businesses and ordinary folks in a largely cash-based economy. Notes of new demonetizations, 1-jet, 5-jet, 10-jet, and 20-jet, were soon printed and circulated on 30 April 1965. Then, inflation continued as before. Again on 3rd November 1985, Unewin's Burma Socialist Program Party, BSPP, government demonetized 20 jet, 50 jet, and 100 jet notes. Then 100 jet and 50 jet notes demonetized in 1964 were brought back in 1976 and 1979 respectively. Like the 1964 episode, the reimbursement modalities were set. This time, only one person per household would be allowed to exchange up to 5,000 jets within the period from 11 November to 31st December 1985. Then the time frame was shortened and the exchange limit was reduced. In the end, only 25% of the value of all notes surrendered was reimbursed. The Union of Burma Bank started circulating new notes of strange demonetizations 75 jets on 11 November 1985 and 35 jets on 1 August 1986. Earlier, new 25 jets notes, not so strange, were introduced on 30 September 1972. The regime had not learned from its first demonetizations of 1964. The 25 jet, 35 jet, and 75 jet notes were printed so hastily and excessively that inflation quickly caught up again. While I was working at the war office from 1969 to 1976, I once had a chance to go to the National Mint at Wazi in Magui Division. In 1972, Unewin set up the Wazi Mint with the machinery reportedly procured from Gizek and Devrin, a Munich-based German company. Since then, he had been printing and minting money at his whim. When the currency notes of 35 jet and 75 jet were first circulated, I did not think they would last long because no one would find them user-friendly. I was correct. After barely two years, they were rendered worthless in fifth 
September 1987 by Uniwin's third demonetization. As mentioned earlier, there was no plan to exchange or reimburse this time. The government offered no official reason or explanation. That day, when my brother Jolene showed up at my house with the bad news, my wife and I found ourselves in possession of demonetized notes which used to be worth 400,000 jets. Anyway, I packed up our money and asked Jolene to come with me. We drove to my office downtown, Bashri and Wintang Enterprise, at the corner of Mahabandula Road, Dahulsi, and Shribonda Street, Magol. I would say that Rangoon's Shribonda is the equivalent of New York City Diamond District at 47th Street and 5th Avenue. Shribonda serves as the market, both legal and illegal, for buying, selling, and trading gold, silver, diamonds, precious stones, jewelry, watches, foreign and domestic currency, and anything of value. I asked my brother to snoop around in the street. He found a black marketeer who was willing to exchange the illegal notes with the legal ones at the rate of 100 to 60. I asked my brother to instantly take all my money and trade. He later came back with a large bundle of legal cash. It was 240,000 jets in smaller notes of 5s and 10s. I called my wife and asked her to gather as much illegal cash as she could from close friends and family. I then sent my brother to my house to pick up the cash that my wife had managed to collect. He returned to my office around 2 p.m. By the time he could get a hold of the black marketeer, it was already 4 p.m. By then, the exchange rate has dropped to 100 to 40. I had to call my friends and family to see if they would agree to this newly reduced rate. Some of them were told me to exchange for any rate possible, but some wanted to hold on to their money hoping for a better remedy. This black market lasted about two weeks. There were military intelligence personnel monitoring the Shribonda neighborhood. They were aware of this black market but did not initiate any inquiry or arrest. They just let it be. By the end of two weeks, the exchange rate had gone down to 100 to 10. One may wonder how this market came about while the government offered no exchange or compensation for its third demonetizations of 5th September 1987. While there was no exchange of any kind of private citizens, the government would fully reimburse for the demonetized notes from its ministries, departments, and offices. Since the country's economy was mainly cash-based, the governmental entities had plenty of cash in their accounts. But there was no itemized list of which amount of cash was in which notes. This allowed those in charge, treasurers, at the governmental departments to swap legal notes with the illegal notes and later exchanged officially at banks. So there were some, a handful of people, who benefited from the misfortune of others, almost all citizens of the country. Following the third demonetizations, 1,000 students in Rangoon and 3,000 in Mandalay took to the streets in protest. Anana Kadikeyan noted, the hunters soon allowed reimbursement for up to Jet 100 only so that restive students who were now penniless would have enough money to leave the cities and return home instead of rioting in the cities. The authorities sent the students home and closed the university and colleagues for two months. On 22nd September 1986, new notes of even stranger demonetization 45 jet and 90 jet were issued. It is widely believed that Uniwin, superstitious in numerology, considered number in nine auspicious. The numbers 49 and 90 are both divisible by 9 or multiple bells of 9. 
On top of that, 4 plus, 4 plus 5 equals to 9 and 9 plus 0 equals to 9. Again, the circulation of 45 jets and 90 jet nodes did not help in curbing the inflation. Ultimately, his obsession with number 9 did not help anyway. In March 2002, in his 90s, he and his daughter, Dr. Sanawin, were placed under house arrest. Charged with a coup plot, her husband and three sons were arrested and jailed. Unewin, aged 91, died on 5th December 2002 while under house arrest. University and colleagues reopened on 26 October 1987. In November and December, there were sporadic protests staged by students in Rangoon, Sidwe, and Pimana. A number of issues, including the regime's mismanagement of Burma's economy for two and a half decades, culminated in the 1988 national uprising. I would say Unewin's third demonetizations on 5th September 1987 was the straw that broke the camel's back.